and welcome to Preserving Palestine by Gratia Middle East. My name is Lina Saadi, and for our last episode of season two, I've invited a renowned multi-award winning hip-hop artist. He has been signed by the most influential record labels in history, including XO and Rock Nation, and has written songs for everyone from the likes of Beyonce to The Weeknd. His newest album, Mumble Rap 2, is set to be released very, very soon, so stay tuned. Please welcome Bali. Hi, Bali. Thank you so much for joining me on Preserving Palestine. I have to admit, I'm such a huge, huge fan. And I've been listening to your music for years. I couldn't think of a more influential person to be on our very last episode for season two. So wow. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for having me. It's an honor for sure to be doing this. It's amazing to speak for something like this. So I'm ready. I'm ready for it. And you're no stranger to, you know, speaking on on things like this. I want to start off right back at the start of, you know, your career. Uh, do you remember how you first discovered your love for hip hop? I mean, who would you say was the first person to discover your talent? Was it your, your mother? Because I know that you're pretty close to her. Yeah, me and my mother are close. I think it had to do a lot with writing poetry first. And then I watched a video Well, my brother had bought Snoop Dogg's album and, you know, I had listened to that. And then I watched a video with uh, the Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls. And then when I watched that, I was like, this guy's incredible. I need to turn some of this poetry into rap music, you know, and then that's that's kind of how it all started. And when I, I mean, I used to when I started out, I was just a Biggie impersonator. I wasn't even a real rapper. I just wanted to be like Biggie, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, who did you used to write poetry for? I mean, what was your inspiration? Who was your muse for your poetry? I don't know. Probably some girl that was breaking my heart when I was when I was in third grade or something. You know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> But you know, yeah. all of it. I think I think I was always someone. Even as as a young uh, child, I was in touch um, with the way I felt about certain things and my emotions. I was always somebody that was uh opinionated even from a young age you know so i think i think hip-hop worked great for me mm -hmm. and uh i mean we do have some of the greatest poets uh stemming from the middle east so it's no surprise um so i know that you were born in jenin i'm not sure if a lot of people listening uh know that but you were raised in ottawa do you have any memories from jenin How old were you when you, when you left? I have, I have memories of the Middle East um, in general, you know. Um, we left when I was really young. I, I remember Jordan uh, more than anything because I, I spent, like, the majority of my conscious childhood, you know, uh, you know, Bezerga, and, and, and that's, that's where we grew up and hanging out with Amman, and, you know, so, so I remember a lot of that. Uh, at a, also, at a young age, we were in, we were in uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, with Saudi for a little bit. So, you know, we moved around as as a lot of Palestinians do, you know. So, um, luckily, we ended up in in Canada. We ended up in a in a good situation to to grow and build, and you know, and and, and take take advantage of opportunities, basically, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, it's funny you say that because I was just in Jordan. And um, I grew up in Saudi, so I do have, you know, a somewhat similar um, background, uh, except I'm not, you know, assigned to a major record deal. I'm not a major, 
you know, uh, artist or anything, but you know. <laughs> yeah, so it's all old news nowadays. You don't, you don't need none of that. You know, you could shine on your own. But it is fascinating for me as a huge fan to hear you speaking in Arabic, speaking of places that I've known my entire life. I mean, I noticed that your Arabic is is pretty proficient. Uh, do you still speak Arabic at home? Hello. <laughs> That's a big wala right there for sure. No, but the Arabic you know, that was the first I love that. Um, so I know that you took a hiatus from making music for some time in your life. Can you recall why? Um, and just tell me more about that period of your life. Uh, music got to a point for me where uh, it just it didn't have that that fun factor for me anymore. Like it, it just got to a point where I never wanted it to feel like work, and then it started to feel like work. It started to feel like something that um, you know I was dragging myself in the studio to do. It wasn't. It just didn't have the same feeling anymore. The passion kind of, and um, I missed it. I missed the feeling. So I was like, you know. I think sometimes the best thing to do is, is you know, you got to miss something to want to do it again. And, and, and I took my break and I was like, you know what, if I don't miss it, then I won't come back. And if I miss it, I'm going to walk through the doors and do, you know, what I do best. So it was it was a good time for me to just reflect on everything I wanted to learn about myself and everything I wanted to learn about what I wanted to do in the future and then actually come back with a game plan. Mm -hmm. And you definitely did come back with a game plan stronger than ever. Um, you eventually got signed by XO. Can you tell me more about how that happened? Sure. I think it, it happened like a lot of things in my life happen uh, through like good relationships and good chemistry between people. And I think um, when we all first linked up, it was really just on friendship, you know, and it blossomed and grew from that. And I think um, everything we've achieved, we've achieved because, you know, we kind of kept that uh that unit tight. We kept everything close and we were able to achieve some great things together. But like I said, I think everything great starts with that. It starts with some good energy, some good chemistry, and you know, you can you can build from there. Who knows what you'll build, but you're gonna build something great, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean I what I love about XO is I mean I've spoken to a few people now from XO um, or universal Arabic um, music like yourself, like Eliana, like MC Abdul, even who's who's a huge fan of you. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. Shout out Eliana, <laughs> man. Eliana's the future. I mean, even the team itself at at EXO, just seeing so many Arabs, you know, working for the same purpose of, um, you know, bringing a voice to us in the West is is really really incredible. And I mean, you're you're a big part of that, and you were one of the very first uh, to get signed. So, I mean, it's just so inspirational for Arabs to to see you and say, I mean, this guy came out of Janine, and he's now, you know, a major major artist to selling, you know, records labels all across the world, number one charts, and it's so inspirational. Um, so. I know that it feels amazing, you know, let me just say that I'm I'm honored to, you know, to be looked at in that light. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so in 2007, I know that you released one of your 
possibly most politically driven singles to date called The History of Violence. Um, and I didn't hear this song until a few years ago. And that's how I actually realized, um, you know, your, your roots and where you were from. And um, I just wanted to ask, why was it important for you to to write that song? And I mean, I, I probably can guess the answer to this, but did you face any backlash for that song? Oh, yeah. I mean, the reason why I wanted to write it, I think every Palestinian feels, every every Arab, uh, or, you know, anybody from any oppressed nation feels how I feel. And sometimes needs an outlet or, or some kind of form, you know, platform to just let that out. Um, mm-hmm. As far as backlash, that video got banned in the United States for a long time. Uh, even off YouTube, like if you would click the video and you were in the United States region, it would be like this video is banned in this region. So yeah, it was a lot of backlash. It was, uh, you know, press releases came out trying to explain why they banned it and stuff. So yeah, it was it was weird, but I expected it. And I knew that, um, you know, it's a timeless message. If you go back to history of violence now, you could still hear things that happen today. And I'm not a future fortune teller. I'm not Nostradamus. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I do know certain cycles repeat themselves. And that's why that song feels timeless, because you can always go back and listen, and you're still going to feel the same and see the same type of tactics taking place against us. So I think that song was just important in that moment of time, but, you know, in any moment of time, it could really just show us, um, you know, how how much further we got to go and 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 uh, how much fo- how much harder we got to fight. Mhm, mhm. And I mean, just the fact that every time any Palestinian or or any you know supporter for Palestine gets censored, like you did with your song, like I do on a daily basis, um, just the fact that that those things still happen to this day um, is a proof that that we need to keep fighting and and keep you know um keep speaking up you know we're we're tired of being censored for sure um and you certainly didn't censor yourself at all throughout your career particularly in uh 2018 i know that you went on um a radio station based in new york called hot 97 if i'm not mistaken um and you didn't hold back at all when it came to the Palestinian struggle. Um, You've already, you know, you're someone that has already found immense success and fame, and yet you didn't mind risking it all um, because, you know, we clearly all know the consequences that come with speaking up for Palestine. Um, I just wonder why don't you, or why didn't you just take the, the easy route and censor yourself instead? I mean, till this day, you're here on this podcast, um, clearly not censoring yourself again. So if, if anyone's trying to teach you a lesson, clearly they're not, you know, it, it's not working for them. <laughs> but I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm just curious. Why don't you just take the, the easy route? Uh, I don't think anything about my life has been easy. You know, I don't think anything that I've achieved has been easy. So I, I don't think taking the easy route has ever been an option for me. So... Uh, that's number one. Um, number two, I think, first of all, I don't like someone telling me what I can and can't say. You know, if I have a view 
I should be able to express that view without people, you know, having consequences against me, taking it out on, by, taking it out by censoring me or, you know, uh, banning certain things or whatever. You know, realistically, if it's something that we can learn from or somebody could teach me something about, then we should be able to open the dialogue and there shouldn't be any problem with it. You know, people only want to shut down dialogue whenever there's nothing to say back. That's when they shut down the dialogue. So I think I'll never be the one to be the quiet one, you know. I'd rather be censored. I'll figure it out. There's other ways to do it, other ways to get it. So, you know, I'll always figure it out. And you you clearly have. Um, you also recently announced uh, that you have a new album called Mumble Rap 2, um, which I'm super excited for. Um, it's coming out soon. When is it coming out, by the way? Can we know? I think May 19th, if I'm not mistaken. You know. Okay. I've been waiting a long time for this, so I really should know the exact date, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's changed a lot with everything we're doing and the plans and everything. So I think May 19th. I think that sounds okay, right to well. me. We will all be, you know, staying tuned for that. Um, but you did release uh, one track from the album called American Nightmare, which I, I have to say, I mean, it just proves time and time again that you really are a lyrical genius. Um, I know that it doesn't look like it, but I am actually a very big hip hop and rap fan. <laughs> I know it doesn't look like it. <laughs> no, I definitely look. Hip hop fans come in all colors, shapes, sizes, <laughs> heights, all kind of, you know, so I, I don't, I don't doubt it, you know, and I, I appreciate you being somebody that, um, that actually like listens, you know, a lot of people just want to hear the music or like the beats and stuff. A lot of people, uh, don't take the time to actually listen to words anymore. I feel like, so it's appreciated, you know? Thank you. I mean, I just always, uh, found a fascination with poetry and words and the power that they have. I guess that's why I also became a, a journalist. But yeah, I mean, it really started with music for me. I mean, it was actually, you know, people like Biggie Smalls as well um, and Eminem, um, just their way of, you know, using lyrics to, to convey a message. And and you are no stranger to to using your, your words to convey a powerful message as well. In the song that you released from your next album, um, and the song is called American Nightmare, uh, you reference your album Immigrant, which is my personal favorite so far. And you mention um, that you're in the country with no papers and that you are the Arabian dream and the American nightmare. Can you please explain what message you were trying to convey there? When I wrote it, I had no papers. Luckily now I have papers. I'm good. <laughs> I'm legally in the country now. Mabruk. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a big deal for uh, <laughs> for people uh, that come from, obviously, our backgrounds. It's It feels nice to be somewhere and actually have the papers to be here. But when I did write the song, I had no papers. That was for real. So that came from the heart. I even I even thought about changing it, honestly. I was like, you know what, this isn't even accurate anymore. I don't want it to reflect my current situation, but you know what? It was written at a time where it was completely accurate. And just to, just to pause there, sorry. When you say papers, um, do you mean passports? And are you talking about the Canadian? I got my green card now, so. Okay. A few more years, I can I can apply for my citizenship. So. 
Inshallah. You know, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty locked in right now in my permanent residency though. I'm happy with it. You should get some knafe when you go to swear in. <laughs> oh for sure. For sure. I love knafe. It's one of my favorites. My mom's from Nablus, you know, so they invented it. So Ah They're the best. They're the best. Mm-hmm. So so go ahead, uh Tell me more about the the song. What what you know message you were trying to convey? I mean, you know, to a lot of, I'll say the perception of certain Americans and the way they view us, right? Which is which is only a a certain group, right? Not to say all Americans, and that's kind of who the song is to, right? The people that view us in a negative light. Um, me living out this dream here in America as uh, an Arab living abroad and actually given, getting to live my dream here, it must feel like a nightmare to some of those people that, mm-hmm. that look at people where we're from and want us to fail, you know? So that's really what the message is. Like, I think I just don't want people to get it confused. Like I'm, I'm just the overall American nightmare to everybody. Like, nah, this is, really to those um, uh, stereotypically racist, prejudiced type of Americans, that's who that's for. I want to be their nightmare, you know, so I'm, I'm happy to be that. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, you're, you really are the, the Arab dream for all of us. Oh, man, thank um, you. Thank you. So what else can we expect from your new album? I was open. You know, it's a personal project in a lot of ways but in a lot of ways I just wanted to um I just wanted to rap again you know I didn't want to set I don't want to have my thing too open in terms of my album kind of genre and what I was doing like I, I know how to make a lot of different types of stuff and sometimes I make too much different types of stuff for an album and with this one I said no I just want to rap there's certain things I want to say there's there's certain uh, things that I feel that I want to express, and then I just approach the album like that, and then you know, big shout out to Hip Boy for, you know, giving me the, the soundtrack I needed to be able to say all those things, you know. So it was incredible to just um, lock in and make a project like this again. This is a sequel, you know. Mumble Rap One was one of my favorite albums I ever made, so I think this one might take the, might take the spot, you know. Well, we can't wait. We can't wait to to listen. Thank you. So I wanted to ask a bit about your, you know, Palestinian traditions or Arab traditions that you uphold in your household. I mean, I know that you are very close to your mother, so I'm sure that um, she has a big influence on you and just making sure that the traditions stay alive. I know that you're also married um, as well. So can you tell me more about, you know, if there's any just small traditions like having knafe on a Friday or, or anything like that? Oh, man, I, I've been blessed. You know, my mom um, has been visiting me a lot over here. So where does she live? Uh, she lives in Jordan. You know, she she loves it over there. Her whole family's over there. So she's she's there all the time. But, you know, when she comes, I'm like right away, you know, I want them sakhan. I want mensaf. I want knafe. Man, then I, I I go I go super traditional too. I ask for things like akub. 
Oh my god, that is my favorite. Not even everyone knows what that is, by the way. <laughs> man, there's so many things that I, the shish butak I ask her to make. I, man, she, my mom really throws down. She's one of the best uh, Palestinian chefs in the world. So I'm blessed. I'm blessed with that. Whenever she comes, all the traditions. And then when it comes to my wife, every Saturday, Sunday, uh, she's a doctor, so she works Monday, Friday at the hospital. And then Saturday and Sunday, uh, she makes like Ful, Jibna Matliye, my mom makes the hummus, Zetu Zatar, we put everything out, you know, so mm -hmm. we have the Arabic breakfast every Saturday, Sunday, that, you know, we don't miss that. So the traditions stay alive, you know, and, and Ramadan, Eid, all that, we celebrate everything in my house when it comes to that, so. This is so surreal. I'm sorry. I feel like I dream. I'm dreaming. I'm speaking to Belly about Msakhan and Hakub and it's just crazy. This, this is what people don't know, you know, like, you know, I, I really am protective about Watan, you know, and, and just keeping that for life. Wanting to teach my kids that one day, you know, when I have kids, I want to teach them all about it and teach them about, you know, our background, our culture and how special it is. Inshallah, inshallah. So I wanted to also talk to you about, you know, just the struggle of growing up in the West as an immigrant. I mean, you have a whole album called Immigrants, so clearly there has been a struggle. Um, and, you know, we've said a few times now, you've never shied away from your roots. But do you think that the industry that you are in, in specific, makes it harder for Arab immigrants to flourish and succeed in comparison, at least to other industries? I mean, I'll say nowadays, this industry is hard for anybody. I don't think anybody should come in already with a square around them. You know, you got to be the most free artist you can be to be an artist, you know. And then all that thing, all, all that type of thinking is just going to spill into your music and spill into your art regardless, because that's what you love and that's what you believe. You're passionate about it. So I don't think, um, you know, coming into it as, as a young Arab kid, I would just say focus on being great because good isn't good enough. For us, good isn't good enough. You know, you got to be great. So focus on being great because that's, that's how you're going to win every time. Definitely. And I wanted to ask, what are some of the major highlights of your career, would you say? Being able to build something with my friends that like sustains all of our lives and all of our families' lives, you know, alhamdulillah. Being able to uh, sign to my idol, you know, I signed to Jay-Z. I got to sit in the studio and work with him a few times. I wrote a song for Beyonce, <laughs> you know. I know. <laughs> There's so many things that come to mind right away, but yeah, just, I think just being able to say that I'm still here and being able to say that we finally reached a point where there's a spotlight on young Arab artists and it's just a beautiful time to be able to look at it and watch and just see, you know, just see the young guys flourish and, and the young girls flourish and kill it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I think one of the most, you know, refreshingly surprising things about you that I've noticed so far is how humble and down to earth you are. I mean, it's, it's truly amazing. I mean, you don't get to see that every day with people of your caliber, you know? So so that's really, really refreshing. Oh, once the camera goes off, I'm, I'm a whole different person. 
No, but I, honestly, I don't know. I've 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 been through it all, man. And I, I think every, everybody could really speak to being through things and being through struggles. And I don't think there's anything worse than being in like a downtime in your life and having somebody speak down to you or having somebody speak in a way where they make themselves um, appear like they're better than you in some way. Those things can really hurt your, your spirit in those times. And I think the best thing to do is to, for me, is to remember that and be like, yo, I'll never make nobody feel like that because that was the worst feeling ever, you know? I'd rather try to reverse that and do the opposite. Mm-hmm. 100%. So my last question to you um as someone you know personally that has always been a fan of everything that you've put out, I've enjoyed watching your progression in terms of, you know, the evolution of Ahmad Balushi to Belly. Um, and I really see it throughout each album. Um, but I want to ask, how would you compare yourself today to who you were then and your work today to some of your earliest works? Do you see that you know, progression and evolution of the artist, the human, the person that you are? I think that's the goal. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm young, but I think just as long as I've been here, I think uh, life is about waking up and doing better, you know. Just making yourself better every day and then things get better once you make yourself better. And I'm, I don't even want to be preaching to everybody, but that's really how it feels to me now is like, that's the goal is to grow, you know, just keep growing, um, keep finding ways to keep myself engaged, keep making art, no matter what type of art, just keep myself there. Um, and, you know, keep my family and friends close, of course, keep, you know, my background and all that close and and speak my mind. And so I think Life is really about waking up and just knowing what you did wrong yesterday. Try to just fix it today, you know. And I'm always do that. Shall I grow and, you know, continue to do what I love to do. That's the biggest blessing. Well, please don't ever stop preaching because we need you to preach. <laughs> we need to hear from the Arabian dream. I cannot wait to, to see all my friends freak out when they see that I, I spoke to Bali. I still can't believe this. Um, That's crazy to me. I still don't even understand when people say stuff like that to me. But, you know, send them my love. Thank you so much for, for the interviews. You see, that's the, that's the humbleness I was talking about. So down to earth. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. On the very last episode for season two of Preserving Palestine, I couldn't have asked for a better guest.